This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hi, everybody. This is Amanda. And today I am sitting down with Anne Bureau. I got to know Anne through Harmony Incorporated, but I will let her introduce herself because she does a whole lot of things. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi. It's great to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, just really exciting stuff that you're doing. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that the acapella world will appreciate it as well. Just wonderful. So hi to everybody out there. I've been uh, I've been living in Pennsylvania for the last uh, 18 years, and I moved there from oh from a, a long travel in my in my time. As I was living in Toronto for a while, and before that, I was living in Halifax. And prior to that, I grew up in, in Sherbrooke, Quebec. So. I was really introduced to barbershop when I moved to Halifax in, in the late 1980s. It was 1986, as a matter of fact, when uh, I was introduced introduced to barbershop. So, and you've come I such a long way it. since then. Yeah, it's a long way, yeah. Well, there's a lot of years that have been gone by, too. So there's a lot of learning, a lot of learning, a lot of music, a lot of uh, singing, a lot of groups. And just has it changed my life. I, don't, I really don't know. What would have happened if back then I wouldn't have met up with my first experience, my first ensemble that I I met, and I felt immediately in love with it. So what was your first ensemble? The first ensemble was called the Scotianaires. They're still around, and you probably know them from from international contests because they're still competing, and and they're from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And I was lucky enough, fortunate enough, to have one of the members uh, see me... uh, at one point, I was I was acting up. Not that I I was acting up a lot back then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing a, a little stint and uh, just making a fool of myself. And she says, "Oh my gosh, you should come to our chorus. You would have so much fun." And so I went, and I immediately fell in love with the music. I fell in love with the people. It was at the time they had had about the same amount of members, about forty members, forty ladies from all walks of life, was full of energy and full of verve. They had just won their first area contest, and they were on cloud nine. So I just soaked up all the energy that they had and gave them back the energy I had, and it was a great mix. And, and from there, I mean, they say that, you know, we, I never look back, really. Of course not. And now you are the director of the Liberty Bells, yes? I'm the director of the Liberty Bells. I'm the, the founder of the Liberty Bells. started that in my kitchen in 2006. I also am the director of a, a men's group as well called the North Pensman. Mm-hmm. And I started the Liberty Bells shortly after I began directing the North Pensman. There was a lack of a female ensemble, barbershop ensemble, in our immediate community in the Lansdale area where, where we live. And th- there were a lot of sweet Adeline choruses around, but not really close by. You know, the first, the, the closest ones were maybe, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. And there was really no Harmony Incorporated choruses in the Mid-Atlantic area except for one course just north of Harrisburg which is was like a three and a half four hour drive right so it was time to build and incorporate where we were and so since then there's been three more courses that have popped up in the mid-atlantic district area if you want to call it in area three we call it with harmony incorporated and so it was kind of the beginning of that role and, and we're on a roll we're still developing more choruses there's, there's more ensembles popping up all around the country and being members of harmony incorporated yeah the attitude that it's infectious <laughs> it's so much fun to be around <laughs> everyone just it's everyone's there for fun and everyone's so supportive and 
And I think you're right. Having to drive 45 minutes to an hour is a deterrent for people. So putting choruses where they are is, I think it's important. I drive over an hour to get to my chorus rehearsal, but I know that can be a deterrent for a lot of people to have to drive that far to sing with everybody else. Yes, it's a, there's a couple of factors. One is the distance, but the other is the type of chorus as well. Uh, so there's, there's something for everybody out there. There really is. So there's choruses that are together because they're social and they like to have, the, you know, maybe a cup of tea or a couple of beers or something and just chit chat and sing a couple of songs and not necessarily compete, but they do it just to get together because, again, social activities are cut down these days right. so much. And this is an opportunity to get together. Whereas other choruses on the other end of the spectrum, they're there to compete, they're there to win, they're, they're very, very competitive. And, and perhaps even that's all they do all year is focus on their competition itself. And that's okay too, because some people just want to do that. Right. And then other people want to just socialize and then there's the kind of the everything in between so where the liberty bells i was just going to talk about where the liberty bells are in all of that and how we've developed over the last 12 years um and in the beginning you know the beginning when we had five or six people there i was just wanting to get a core of people a core of singers a core of gals who wanted to get together and wanted to sing and and wanted to learn how to sing and so we were attracting people who could sing but they weren't necessarily singers there's a difference between being a singer and just kind of wanting to sing right so we would attract everything from soup to nuts really and and it was okay at the time and at one point in our development we had to start focusing on who we are and what we do and we established that type of of a focus and now we know that we want singers we want people who are really focused on learning their music on being involved participating because we're very active as well so we're out in the community we're singing we're performing we're also competing and we're doing some fundraising and and all kinds of things and we're getting together also socially at the same time so so there's a lot to it and we need to have people that are excited about the core of it which is the music and the friendships exactly so do you see a big difference since you direct a men's chorus and a women's chorus do you see a big difference between the two because I've evolved with, yeah, it is. I mean, the men learn differently. Well, you can say that men and women learn differently. They, they interact a little differently amongst themselves or there for perhaps different reasons, but really the core of it is they all love singing. They all love the harmonies and they all go because they make good friendships and meet people that normally they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't meet or they wouldn't hang around with, you know, it's like uh, people from all walks of life. So are there similarities? Absolutely. Are there slight differences? Yes. I mean, women in, you know, when they, when they put their minds to it, they can pay work hard and, and they, they have no barriers, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm going to do it, you know, and, <laughs> and they, <laughs> I mean, not to say that guys don't do that, the guys do it as well, but on a different level, it seems to be a little bit different dynamic. Girls have to talk about stuff. Girls have to, you know, get together and make sure that everybody's okay, where the guy's kind of a little bit more independent, you know, this is what we're doing, okay, fine, you just let me do it and I'll do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a three-hour rehearsal and I think we allot about an hour of that to talking or Richard calming us down about something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, that's another thing is in both choruses, like as a director, I want to make sure that everybody gets there. And I mean, it, we're taking valuable time from people's lives. 
really. Mm -hmm. That's what it boils down to. So we want to make their time there really valuable. And if they're there to sing and make music and enjoy their Monday or Tuesday night, whatever night they meet, then... As a director, as a leader, you have to really organize. You have to make sure that everything is organized in advance. You know what you're going to do. There's not going to be a, a whole humming from the, the uh, front going, uh, maybe we could do this. No, no, we're going to do this now. I usually send a schedule out in advance also, and that, that makes everybody kind of prepared in advance for, for what's going to happen which is really cool because it makes it way more interesting that way. Absolutely. So how has Barbershop changed for you since you started and to what you're doing now? The style itself uh, has changed in that, you know, 30, 35 years ago, it wasn't as freely produced natural sound that we were producing that we're producing today today we're focusing on better vocal production again freely produced sound creating more overtones through smart singing as opposed to maybe too forced and too forward singing. Prior to, we were, you know, 10, 25, 35, 40 years ago, if you listen to every, if you listen to performances in every one of those decades, you'll hear the difference, how how much more natural the sound is today than what it was 30, 40 years ago, which was more forced, more nasal, and, and it gave, I think it gave Barbershop a bad rap. Like, we had a, we had a great community of people. It was probably the biggest membership uh, numbers that we had back then, but it wasn't sustainable. It, it was there. We had 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 people that are, were members throughout the organization, but it wasn't that what we were doing didn't seem to be sustainable. So that had to change and evolve so that it became more mainstream and more interesting for the general population. And I think that's where we are now. It's more appealing music. It's closer to what the average person would listen to, and not necessarily barbershopper, but, you know, anyone from the outside who appreciates music. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's become a little bit more accessible. And it's there's a there's always the argument that there's some kind of tradition that's being lost. But, you know, I think there's when the genre started, they were singing popular music then. It's just a matter of adjusting to what's popular music now. But, I mean, there's still, like, we're still singing songs from the early parts of the last century and they fit in just as well as us turning a top 40 hit right now into a barbershop arrangement and I love that we get to sing both. Oh, absolutely. As they say, good music is good music. If it's written well, it has great lyrics, a great melody, and then you have an arranger who knows what they're doing. They can, they can create a real, an artist, you know, a, a, what I would call a, a great painting. So you, you know, when you listen to the piece of music, it takes you somewhere. And that's what we want to be doing. We want to we want to have it. Uh, we want to listen to music. We want to uh, be brought to another place. And so good music is good music. There's good music being written today, as there was back then. And uh, maybe some of the pieces, you have to uh, look at them a little more carefully and go, hmm, is that something that would, that would really be appealing? audiences in general. Right. So where do you see, what's the direction you see for Women's Barbershop and Harmony Inc. and the Liberty Bells? I see a great future. I see strong, I see strengths right now. I see in our, you know, strong management, uh, strong women who are leading the group, the organization. There's membership development that is constant. It's, it's and we've changed a lot what we've done and how we do things and our view on things as well. We've changed it for the better, opening up different avenues, 
having conversations with more outside barbershops, uh, a cappella organizations. We're, we're being smarter also as organizations, individual organizations, the ensembles themselves. So we're training our directors to be better directors, to be better leaders. And we're training the administrative leaders to be better leaders as well and smarter leaders. And not that we have never trained them, but I think we've never focused as much as we are today to just make it stronger, make it make our, our organizations, our singing organizations stronger, the, the ensembles themselves, so that the overall organization of Harmony Incorporated is stronger and benefits from that. I have to heartily agree with that. So when a woman walks through the door and comes into a harmony and chorus or your specific chorus, what does someone get out of that? Why would, and I think you're particularly good at it, your chorus is growing still pretty rapidly. What can someone expect when they walk through the door? What they can expect from the Liberty Bells or what they can expect from any chorus, because again, every chorus is different. So I'll talk to you from the perspective of, of our chorus. So they walk through the door and the first thing is they're greeted by someone there. They're, they're encouraged to come in uh, half an hour early so that they're that we have the time to meet and greet. And we, of course, take down some information and have them do a vocal assessment. And the vocal assessment not only tells us, you know, how good of a singer or what level of singer they are, but we also, it, it allows us to put them in whatever voice part that they are the strongest at. So it could be tenor, lead, or bass, or baritone, whatever. And so, and then at that point, it also gives us a chance to tell them and explain to them who we are and what we do, which is a really important part, I think. And that's, I think, where we we succeed. We have a lot of people coming through the door. We have a lot of guests on a regular basis. Not all of them stay because uh, it's not for everyone. But the ones who do stay, they're looking at it and going, ah, I know exactly what this place is. So we make it really clear that we're, we, we perform on a regular basis, out in the community on a, on a regular basis. We compete twice a year. We, are, we expect our members to learn their music and be very well prepared when they come to rehearsals. We expect them to be at rehearsals every Monday. And this is a year-round thing. It's, and we only take off maybe three or four weeks, uh, Mondays a year. And that's around the Christmas holidays. When there's some holidays on Monday night, we'll call it, you know, we'll say, okay, we're not, we're not rehearsing tonight. But those are the rare times. This is really a 52-week-a-year organization, right? So we're not, we don't take a break throughout the whole summer, for example. Right. So it, it, we're very busy. So we, we make sure that we just, we're very upfront with them. So we tell them how busy we are. We, we tell them what the expectations are. And then they come and then come into the rehearsal. We give them a, a guest book with all the music. We get them singing with us right away. We get them inside. They're not sitting down. They're not watching. They're not just listening. They're part of the group as of that first night. So so they can hear the harmonies around them. They, they hear the excitement. They, they see what kind of level that we're teaching at we're teaching at a quite high level so it gets them excited about it if they have that frame of mind if that's what they want to do and then we, we just tell them we say listen you don't take a decision right away you know think about it come for, for two or three weeks just to see and experience every week. And if you like it, then you stay, then you can audition, but don't force it. And so we allow them to really take it in and, and then meet a couple of the gals too, because everybody's very eager 
and very open to, to meeting the, our, our new guests because, of course, they too were in that position that one day when they came in and you don't know anybody and sometimes it's quite intimidating. You see 35, 40 women there and you're not really used to that because there's not a lot of places that you can do that. Right. So the gals are there and they, you know, they help out, they, they answer any questions. We make sure that we have people there that are helping them through all this process as well. And then when they come back the second week and the third week and, and we're always encouraging them to learn their, their audition song, the audition piece, and then they, and then when it, then they're ready, they can practice with uh, three other voices before they even audition for two more weeks if they'd like, and then an audition, and then and it goes from there. So, so they we want to make sure that they are comfortable with it, that they like it, that they're passionate about it. Because again, we don't want we don't want anyone wasting their time. We don't want them feeling uncomfortable and saying, "Oh man, I don't have time to do this." Yeah, you'll find the time if you're passionate about it. Because music just takes you to another world. It just helps you forget about all the stuff you have. I'll, I'll give you an example, which is really cool. This one gal comes in, great voice. She's, you know, very you know, smart as a tack. And she comes in, she says, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I have four kids under the age of 10. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So she goes, I don't know if I have the time to do this. I mean, it sounds really good, but, I, I'm, you know, I'll see. So the next week... She came and she had learned her audition song and she learned two other songs that she had music for. So she, in essence, said, yep, uh, this is for me. And she never looked back. And she thought, listen, I need this. I need this because I have four kids under the age of 10. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I need this. <laughs> this is my two hours of vacation every week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, you know, she's met more friends in this circle of people than than probably she ever has in years past right right so so it's not only um a great place to get away from all of that and to do, but it's a great place to do something for yourself and mm -hmm. the, women need um, that we always put ourselves last so i'm glad you said that <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's it's uh, character building. You know, we're always doing something for someone else. You do something for yourself. You become a stronger person. You become a better person. You become like what it did for me over the years in my career. I was in sales. I was in uh, sales management, and uh, throughout all my career, I know my barbershop career. I won't. I know my singing helped me better manage my days, better approach my work in a totally different way. I learned things that I would have not learned on the job. I learned them through barbershop. I learned them through singing, through being with. Uh, a bunch of women and, and interacting and I never thought I would enjoy interacting with 30 40 other women <laughs> <laughs> way back you know it's like oh, why would I want to be in the same room with 35 40 other women I just it didn't appeal to me right but all of a sudden it's like wow I've been missing this yep so and you just get in there and you go oh my gosh I never thought this would be as fun <laughs> and fulfilling you know, exactly. So that's, that's where we are. Awesome. That wraps up this week's episode of Vocal Perspective. We'd like to give a huge thank you to Anne Bureau of the Liberty Bells Chorus and North Pensman for taking some time to speak with us all the way from Costa Rica. To learn more about the Liberty Bells Chorus, we encourage you to go to thelibertybells.com. Bells is spelled B-E-L-L-E-S.
And if you're a singer in the greater Philadelphia area near Lansdale, we encourage you to go and check out one of their rehearsals on Monday evenings. The group rehearses at 7 p.m. at the First Baptist Church of Lansdale at 700 North Broad Street. The chorus has qualified to compete at the International Contest in Sandusky, Ohio this November for Harmony Incorporated. To learn more about Harmony Incorporated, we encourage you to go to harmonyinc.org. And also works on acapella learning tracks for barbershop songs. You can visit queenannerecordings.com and is spelled with an E. And for our male-identified listeners, you can check out the North Pensman at northpensman.org. This Barbershop Harmony Society chorus meets on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the Central Schwenkenfelder Church at 2011 South Valley Forge Road in Lansdale. The North Pensman will compete next in May of 2020 in Reading for the Mid-Atlantic District Division Contest. In Episode 9, we'll be back visiting with Ellie Brigida, a producer, performer, and podcast host. We hope you'll tune in every Tuesday at Acaville Radio. We're on at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with rebroadcasts on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and p.m. Pacific. You can also download this podcast at any podcast distributor on Mondays following the first release. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Tuesday.